When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network. Welcome back. It is Friday. Happy Friday. It feels like forever since the Steelers played a football game because of the Thursday night week nine win over the Tennessee Titans. Yet here we are. We're getting ready for the Green Bay Packers and we go behind enemy lines. That's right. Before we have Dale from the Average Cheese podcast on to talk about all things Packers in the first half, and yes, Jeremy Jerome Betts is coming up with the All Bets Are Off segment in the second half of this show, and stay tuned to the very end for a heart-to-heart, which is not going to be like heartfelt stuff. It's going to be all about me getting out of jail, sort of. You got to stay tuned, listen to the end to find out. The news, though, a lot of really the only news to discuss is with the injury report, which I'm going to do with Jeremy in the second half of the show. We'll talk about that there. We'll talk about the injuries, maybe some reasoning behind some of the late Thursday designations. Now, there are no official game designations as of yet, but we'll talk about all that. We'll talk about where the team is heading in the second half. Other than that, it's just a bunch of fake news about George Pickens and stupid stuff like that. So we're not going to talk about all that. Nothing is really popping off the radar right now. We're talking all about Steelers versus Packers coming up in the Behind Enemy Line segment. We'll be right back after this break. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, Steeler fans, you know what time it is. It is Friday. It is time to go behind enemy lines right here on the Let's Ride podcast. It is Green Bay Packers week, week 10 at Acrisure Stadium. The Steelers are wrapping up a three-game homestand. That sounds like I'm talking about baseball, but it's actually three straight home games for the football team. I welcome in Dale from Average Cheese Podcast. He covers the Green Bay Packers. Dale, welcome to the show. How are you? Jeff, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on tonight. Or this morning, no. I guess it would be. Yeah, whenever. doesn't matter. I, I, I don't even know what day it is. But still, uh, <laughs> we're getting ready for Packers and Steelers. This is going to be a great matchup because they're two storied franchises and there are similarities out the wazoo with these two teams and in one main position. And when I was getting ready for this segment and I'm thinking about the Packers and I'm looking at this upcoming game, everything about this matchup screams Kenny Pickett and Jordan Love, because really you had Jordan Love replacing Aaron Rodgers had been in the fold. And I think Packers fans probably thought, well, here we go. This is the third time we've done this. Aaron Rodgers behind Brett Favre. Now Jordan Love. What has the Jordan Love experiment been like now that you've had a good take of him as a starter for an extended period of time? Well, first of all, as Packer fans, we need to remember that we're comparing Jordan Love now after his third year in the league We need to compare that to Aaron Rodgers in his third year in the league, not the Aaron Rodgers that we just let go. Yes. And that's unfair, right? It's an unfair comparison. But, of course, we're going to do that because that's what we had last year. Now we're here we are. Uh, Jordan Love has had his ups and downs, and I think that was an expected experience. It's just like with Kenny Pickett, right? Like you're getting a guy that's never started NFL games. You think he's got talent. We thought Jordan Jordan Love definitely has arm talent. That's one thing that is undeniable. His decision-making has been rookie-like, even though he's not a rookie. Right. He's made some bad throws here and there. He has had happy feet, but our offensive line right now is god-awful. So, I mean, understandably so, when you've got a 350-pound man about to smash you in the face. <laughs> so, it's been fine. I mean, last week he was 20 of 26. He had three drops, and uh, he spiked the ball. So, really, he only had two incompletions that were his fault. So, hopefully that's it you know, upward trajectory. Yeah. I think that this, yeah, I watched a lot of that Packers game. uh, And because obviously I knew they were going to be playing the Steelers this week. I thought that was probably the best offensive output they've had. Was that, was, is that correct in my part? I'm, I'm definitely on the outside looking in, but is they looked like they were moving in the right direction. Probably I think because of their running game and their running back finally being healthy. You think that's accurate? Uh, it's probably not their best offensive game because they blasted the Bears in week one, but it's That's the true. Bears, right? It's a bad <laughs> football team. Yeah, Everybody should be beating up on the Bears, and we did in week one. But, you know, after a dip, we're starting to see some signs of life. Yeah. Our biggest issue, and I keep saying this on our podcast, is we keep making mistakes at the wrong times. You know, we get a nice throw or a nice catch out, and it's an off. It's something. We had offensive offsides twice against the Rams. Yeah. Like, when do they even call that? So we make a lot of bad mistakes that hinder our offensive drives for sure. I, I want to go back to the comparison between Love and Pickett 
that yes, you know, Jordan Love's been in the league longer, but in terms of starting games, it's very comparable. And they're both replacing legends, you know, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Pittsburgh. And it's been rough. It's been rough at times. I can speak from Pittsburgh fans. Their patience is wearing is is very, very thin with Kenny Pickett. They're at the point where they're almost like, this guy's he's not it. He's not it. Let's go find ourselves the next guy. Where are the Packers fan base as it pertains to that same question in terms of, okay, is love that guy or are there people that are very skeptical? There it's really divided because some yeah. fans are ready to let him go. Like he ain't it. He doesn't have whatever it is. Right. And there are other, you know, more, I don't know, even keel fans are like, listen, we got to let this play out again. We have a bad offensive line. We can't run the football. We're making mistakes. Is it all on Jordan love? I'd say it's not. And I think that both fan bases have to figure that out, right? Like, is it Kenny Pickett's fault? Is it Jordan's love fault? Or is it a big mixture of all kinds of things? Well, let me ask you this question, because this is a question I always ask fans is, what do you think is a big enough sample size to be able to actually judge these quarterbacks? Because Kenny Pickett came in in week four last year. He's been the starter, the entrenched starter since then. Jordan Love, probably similar sample size. At what point do you think it's fair to actually say, okay, I think I've seen enough. Like, this is who he is. I've seen enough. Well, what, what is that for you? Everyone's different, but I'm curious what you think. You know, that's a good question. And I'm glad I'm glad no one's ever asked me that before because I don't know that I have a really good answer. <laughs> I w- <laughs> My gut says it needs to be a full season yeah. before you know. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go with a full question. year because I don't have a great <laughs> answer for that. No, it is. And people have asked me that because, you know, you always kind of lean on these crutch answers, you know, when people point to you for answers for things pertaining to your team and like, well, what do you think is a good enough sample size? I I don't know. I mean, even is is 17 games enough to judge a player who might just be slow developing and might just need a little bit more time. And and let's not forget that the league catches up to players. So Kenny Pickett came on last year, like I said, in week four, and all of a sudden he starts to win some games. Well, guess what defensive coordinators have? Now they have all this tape on you in the offseason. They're getting ready for what you don't do well, and that's where that second-year slump can come in. But I'm not going to berate you with that type of question. I just was curious because, like I said, I keep on thinking about these comparisons, these parallels. I think they're very, very true between Jordan Love and Kenny Pickett. But I want to ask you about a group that you already mentioned as not being very good, and as a Steeler fan, that – makes me excited because you said the offensive line is struggling. I think about TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and Cam Hayward, and I'm thinking this could be a game for them. So what's going on on the offensive line? I mean, if we start on the left side, David Bakhtiari was, you know, stalwart right there. All just for many, many years, he played left tackle pro bowler multiple times. I came out for week one against the bears and we haven't seen him since he's now on IR Uh, left tackle is either seventh round pick Rashid Walker out of Penn state or Yash Nyman, who is an undrafted free agent. So that's our left tackles, <laughs> which makes me just want to cry. I'm not cry. laughing at you. I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys, Highsmith and Watt are just drooling right now. Yeah. On the right side, we have Zach Tom, who is uh, played right tackle at Wake Forest, but also played center. His best spot is probably at center, but we need him at right tackle because there's no other answer. It's Zach oh Tom. Gosh. If Zach Tom were to go down in a game, I have no idea what they would do, honestly. It it would be a mess. But it's that left side that's so bad. Elton Jenkins is the left guard, multiple-time pro bowler. But, I mean, with Watt and Highsmith rushing from the outside, it's going to be a scary, scary game for Jordan Lowe. 
they're going to have to make, they're going to be very creative with their protection schemes. And like I said, Cam Hayward, who just came off injured reserve prior to the Thursday night game, he will hopefully be a little bit in better game shape. We'll put it that way. And he's an all pro. So he's going to be putting some pressure up the middle. You got rookie Keanu Benton, who came from Wisconsin. He'll be putting pressure uh, from the middle. This could be a game where the Steelers defensive front uh, has their way. If they go through the air, though, it's not like the Packers don't have skill on the outside. I do really like some of the receivers. Christian Watson's always been on my radar. I like him a lot. What are some of the receivers that Steeler fans should maybe keep your eye out for who are playing well so far this season? Yeah, there's a lot of skill talent. Like you said, Christian Watson could be lightning in a bottle. It's just we keep waiting for that to happen. Yeah, He has got just loads of athletic ability. Um, Romeo Dobbs is a second year guy out of Nevada, played more in the slot at Nevada, but has been playing on the outside for the Packers. Uh, he leads the Packers with 30 catches. Jaden Reed is a rookie out of Michigan state, really good slot, uh, slot guy. I'm really excited about him. Um, Luke Musgrave is a rookie tight end. So it's a lot of young, very athletic skill guys. Plus Aaron Jones and and uh, AJ Dillon running the football. I, I'd say if I'm a Steeler fan, I watch for Dobbs and Reed. I'm not sure what Watson is going to do week to week. He could blow right. up for 150 or have 10 yards receiving. So the Steelers have been known to give up the big numbers to one receiver in a game that's happened more than one occasion this season. We'll see. I do want to go to the other side of the football and talk a little bit about the Packers defense. What are they hanging their hat on this year? Like, as a defensive unit, what do they do well? <laughs> I shouldn't laugh before I answer it, but really the Packers have not. They, they played well against the Rams last week, but it was Brett yeah. Rippon who was then subsequently cut yes. <laughs> right after the game. The Packers defense has not done anything particularly well. I don't know how to say it any different. I guess if you're going to – Look at two guys for the Packers. It's Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary rushing from the outside, not TJ Watt and Highsmith, but really productive players mm -hmm. and probably the best two players on the defense right now. Jair Alexander has been in and out of the lineup at corner. He's a pro multiple you yes. know, time pro bowler. I like the Packers linebackers and Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker, but they can be run at. You're not going to run sideline to sideline against the Packers because Campbell and Walker are too fast but they're not big and they're not physical mm. and they can be run on right up the middle. And the Packers have struggled week after week to stop, to stop the run. Now the Rams had, you know, Daryl Henderson off the shit heap. Like they, they had nothing. Yeah. They couldn't run the football. My worry for the Packers defense is that the Steelers are going to run it until the Packers stop them, which may honestly never happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you met you brought up Alexander. I love that guy at corner. Like he is phenomenal. Is he banged up though? Is he not? Yeah. Is he what what's what's injuring him? What's ailing him? Uh he had a back injury, was in and out of the lineup, played against the Rams, played well, and then okay. now has a shoulder injury. Oh, and yeah, it just seems to be one thing or another with with Jair. Eric Stokes is a first round pick, came back for like four plays after being on IR, went right back on IR. <sighs> The Packers are starting a seventh rounder, uh, Carrington Valentine, at the other corner. He played well against the Rams again, but, I mean, with a real quarterback, we'll see how he holds up this week. Steeler fans will say maybe he won't see a real quarterback this week. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not in me, the next couple me. weeks. <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, 
this seems like it's just one of those years for Green Bay, you know, where it just seems like if it could go wrong, it's it gone wrong. Yeah. Injuries that nothing's really coming together. You've got this. It's just not cohesive. What What do you think about like is are they believers in the coaching staff that they have there and that the the what they're doing and in, in the the methodology and the the method to their madness in terms of roster construction is is that is that where they want to go? Is you, are fans happy? Fans are not happy. Now we've been ready to fire Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, almost since the day he got here. I mean, yeah. his track record is really bad. He was with the Lions; they weren't good. He was with the uh, Redskins slash Commanders; they weren't any good. He doesn't have a track record of success, and he hasn't had a huge track record of success with the Packers either. I mean, I think they're ranked like 10th in scoring defense, but that's, that's nonsense. We yeah. played the Raiders, the Broncos, the Rams, the saints, like all the Falcons. Like we have not played a, a who's who of, you know, title contenders yet. Right. Joe Barry, I would like to see him fired. I mean, the Packers don't fire coaches midseason. It's just not that's not what the Packers do. And a good franchise shouldn't, right? You shouldn't fire guys yeah, it midseason. Sounds, as I say, it sounds familiar. Right. It's a panic yeah. move. And the Steelers it are the is. same. Storied yeah. franchise. You you keep going until the end and then you figure it out. Right. On offense, you know, Matt LaFleur calls the plays. Adam Stenovich is a first year offensive coordinator. He was the offensive line coach. It's kind of like we don't want you to leave. Here's a better title. Matt's going to call the plays anyway. So you're yeah. fine. Just stand back there and look good. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if Adam Stenovich is the guy, the Packers are not excited. Sorry. Packer fans are not excited with Matt LaFleur and his play calling. But again, if your line is a sieve and your young guys, your young wide receivers are running bad routes or running the wrong routes, it doesn't matter what you call. Exactly. It's not going to work. Exactly. That's a good point. So I, I do have to bring this up, but it, it really pains me. You know, I've, I've watched the Steelers my entire life. I don't think I've missed a game since like uh, 98 or something. I don't know. And uh, for me, the game that sticks out the most is Super Bowl 45 when I think of Packers Steelers. And that's, I've never watched, I've never rewatched that game, by the way. I have watched like almost every single Super Bowl 30 when the Steelers lost to Dallas uh, in 1995. I've watched that again. And that was a gut punch as well. Never watched Super Bowl 45, but let's throw that aside. When you think of Steelers Packers, what comes to mind? I have a game in my mind, but I want to ask you first. What, what do you think of when you think of Steelers Packers? Uh, that, sorry, that's the game. That, that's the, the game Super that Bowl, comes, of course. Yeah, that's Super yeah. Bowl because that was the pinnacle, right? You get to the mountaintop against a really good team. Yeah. I mean, the Packers the last, played yeah. perfectly in that game, almost perfectly in that game. And that's what that took. Against that defense was great. I'm going to go to the game where it was Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger at Heinz Field at the time. I think Ben throws for 505 touchdowns. Rodgers throws for four something and four. And it was the walk-off touchdown to Mike Wallace with no time left in the corner of the end zone. Just one of those games where you finish watching the game and you think, what the hell did I just watch? Like, right. is that, was that real life? Like, did that really just happen? Like, I'm exhausted um, watching it. It was so <laughs> exciting. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Good trip down memory lane. Let's talk about this game in terms of predictions. Now, some people that I have on this segment say, I don't like doing score predictions, and that's fine. You can just give me an idea as to how you think it's going to play out. But if you have a score in mind, that's fine. The current line that I am looking at right now as we're recording is the Steelers giving three and a half points at home with a total I think this is very appropriate for these two offenses, 39. So what do you, <laughs> what do you think 
this game's going to turn out to look like. If you have a score prediction, let me have it. Yeah, well, we score predict on our show. So we did okay. do a score prediction. I picked 27-2017 Steelers. Now, the okay. line was three, and it's traveled. And the over-under has actually gone up since we recorded because it was 37 and a half <laughs> on Monday. I don't know what happened between the two days. Maybe the weather will be better. I don't know. I don't but know. I, I don't – the Packers can't score a lot of – they're not scoring a lot of points. They can't yeah. score. And I know that Pittsburgh doesn't score a ton of points either. My concern, and I said it on our show, is that Pittsburgh's going to score a defensive touchdown in this game. They're going to put a ton mm. of pressure on the quarterback. Either Love is going to throw a bad ball or he's going to fumble or something like that. that. That's where I think the score comes to yeah. win the game for the Steelers. It could be. The Steelers have a plus eight differential in terms of turnovers. They've taken away the ball 16 times, eight interceptions, eight fumbles. So, uh, yeah, they, they are taking the ball away at a, at a good clip. And with that offensive line, it'll be interesting. But, Dale, before I let you go, I want to ask you to please tell everyone where they can find your podcast as well as where they might be able to find you all on social media. Yeah. I mean, you can find us on Twitter or X or whatever it's called today yeah. at AVG Cheese. Uh, we're on the internet, www.avgcheese.com. Uh, our podcast is on Spotify, all the places you can listen to a podcast. And that's it. And I appreciate you having me on. I really do. No problem. No problem. I appreciate you taking the time. I hope you enjoy the game. And uh, maybe we'll be in touch soon. Take it easy, Dale. Thank you very much. Thanks. you. second half it's weird last week we didn't have one of these we didn't have the all bets are off after a short week i was breaking down the winners and losers from the steelers and titans so it's been a couple weeks jeremy what is going on man oh man it's it has been a long time since we've talked but yeah. it was a fun thursday night game last week i i we talked about this before jeff when maybe when i was first starting doing this with you but i've always had a soft spot for thursday night football i know it's annoying for for some, but I really enjoy um, when my team plays on Thursday night football, we get another one down the road against new England, but this was fun because you get to the weekend now and you can just watch football knowing what your team has done, especially when they get a win. It feels good. You can just relax and hope for the best results for your team. That's what I was doing this last week. Unfortunately, every AFC North team won again. That's not going to happen though for the next three weeks. Well, it's fun when they win. That's the yes. key. Like Thursday there night you football, you lose. And that is the worst. Like, that sucks. You have to sit through 10 days of that. Just not good. So the Steelers do win. The last time we spoke, though, we were gearing up for a Jacksonville game. Jeremy, I'm going to say something. I want to get your take on it. Whether you agree or disagree, doesn't matter. It's your opinion. I feel like, and I don't even know, like, there's nothing that's that tangible for me to say, like, yeah, there it is. That's how I can say this. It's more just a feel thing when I watch this team play. I feel like the offense is, is improving and they're heading in the right direction. Like I feel like there is signs of life. There's a lot of people that disagree with me. Where do you stand on it? I, I mentioned this uh, in my fantasy show that uh, you can check out on fans first sports network. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, this is the time last year. Remember Jeff, they coming off the yep. bye in week nine and the running game absolutely caught fire and led the way to seven and two down the stretch. We saw 
a glimpse of that again last week. 166 yards on the ground against the Titans. And it it should be said that this Titans team was like a top three defense against the run this season. They're really good against the run. And the Steelers, it didn't matter. They they were explosive on the ground. They were efficient on the ground. And it worked. And that, to me, has always been the driving force for this Matt Canada offense. When the running game is clicking, the rest of the offense kind of falls into place. You saw the offense start out with a score, then go cold a little bit. But really, to me, what we're seeing now is that it's their own like little mistakes that are keeping the offense from really taking off as opposed to, man, we've got systemic issues across the board here. What are we going to do? They've narrowed it down now to, okay, let's just make the plays that are in front of us now and we'll be okay. And that to me is a major step forward from where we were. So what I'm looking for this week is can the offense, can Kenny Pickett specifically hit some of those throws that he missed, hit some of those easy completions that he missed and maybe sustain more throughout the game. So I, 100% agree with you improvement is here and uh, maybe even on the horizon as the season continues to progress yeah they're still very fragile like the the offense is very fragile it's the word I like to use because those brain fart plays that you talk about whether it's a play call whether it's execution it's like mini brain farts and if they have a setback it kills them a very few times this year if they overcome that I, I always think back to this was maybe Todd Haley's second year the Steelers had one of the best third down offenses in the league. It, like they were converting third and 17. Like it was easy. It, it's just, it was just that group that was in their prime with Ben Roethlisberger, et cetera. I don't need to go down that memory lane, which is actually a lot of nicer to think about, but still <laughs> this team does not do that. False start. Yep. There we go. Just bring, bring Presley Harvin out right. now because that's where it's yes. going to go. They are very fragile. They need to minimize the brain fart to minimize those negative plays. I think they'll be okay. I do as I have a question for you. And in the first half, when I, talk, I spoke with Dale from Average Cheese, I feel like there's a lot of parallels between Jordan Love and Kenny Pickett as it pertains to the, the them replacing a really great quarterback within their system, expectations being sky high. And I asked him this question, and he really couldn't answer it. And I put him on the spot. I do that to you every week. You're used to it. Everyone always says, well, with Kenny Pickett, we've seen enough. Like, if the sample size is big enough. Well, what is that sample size? What is that number? Like, does that even exist for you? Some people mm-hmm. would say, well, I'll give them 17 games. Is that really enough? Like 17 games. And we're going to make this sweeping judgment on a player's future. I can't buy into that theory. What is your take on it? I absolutely do not buy into uh, one season worth of games maketh the player. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That that to me is is irresponsible uh scouting if you're if you're looking at uh, a college player if you're looking at uh, an NFL player i mean uh there's there's just so many unknowns i mean look at Geno Smith you know yeah, he's he's point. my perfect example right now and he's he's the outlier but you give a guy a season and then so much negativity around the organization he was a part of around the system he was he was in and then he just gets thrown to the wayside because it's a, what have you done for me lately league? It's the not for long. The NFL yep. is the not for long league. <laughs> and uh, you know, it, and then all of a sudden he gets another opportunity. He steps in there. Nobody expects anything of the Seattle team and they're a playoff team his first year. And he's uh, a top flight fantasy quarterback. He's throwing 30 touchdowns and it, it just, what do you, what do you get out of that? And it, it takes guys different amounts of time to develop. Everybody talks about, well, the bears, 
passed on Patrick Mahomes and went with Mitchell Trubisky. In hindsight, terrible decision, right? But who's to say Patrick Mahomes goes to Chicago in that messed up system for a messed up team and and is any better than Mitch Trubisky was? I mean, yeah. it, it's half of any player's success is situation. So until you get a good mesh of that and enough time to see it in action, I don't think you can you can judge a player uh, for any one given metric. Troy Polamalu, you could look at his first year in the league and say, man, this guy's bordering on a bust, and then a better situation arrives, he gets better, and you're looking at a, a future Hall of Famer. I think that some people just always want to, to throw cold water on any success a player might have. So you go back to last season's seven and two finish four games in a row to end out the year. And everyone says, Oh, well they weren't playing good competition. The, the teams they played were lousy. And so then you say, well, they're five and three this year. And that's starting to come together. Like they're starting to look a little bit better. And they say, Oh, well the teams they've beaten have been awful. Look, this isn't high school football. You know, you're not scheduling good sisters of the poor on your homecoming. So you can beat them by 75 points. This isn't right. Alabama who invites a, some, Southern Alabama, whatever to their, to their, you know, Alabama, Birmingham for, for, there you go. (laughs) Like, Hey, you're going to get some money. We're going to get an easy win. Everyone will be happy. And then you'll be back on your way. This isn't that the NFL says, look, this is your schedule. The Steelers play their schedule. They can't change their schedule. So I don't buy into that either based on the fact that they're just playing the teams that they have on the schedule. Jordan Love and the Packers seem to be struggling a little bit this year. Is that the Steelers' fault? No. If they beat them handily, great. Then they're doing what they're supposed to do. But I don't know, Jeremy, what's your take on the whole scheduling thing? Because that's a big narrative right now. Yeah, I I don't buy into the narrative thing at all where if you've got a situation of of just where, where when you look at the schedule, it's like, eh, it's underwhelming, maybe. But then you look at teams develop and grow throughout an entire season, and what you see at the beginning of the year isn't what you're going to get at the end of the year from most teams. And so I think, I think when you like, if you look at a Minnesota Vikings team last year where they're winning all these close games, and it didn't matter if it was competition, uh, bad teams, good teams, they were just winning good, winning close games. And uh, now this year they're not winning those games, and so so much fluctuates between seasons and and weeks that I don't think you can just sit and say well the schedule is poor so uh, we've got uh, we can't really tell what this team is you would like to see them step step up against top level competition but one of the Steelers wins this year is against the seven and two Ravens I mean you've got to consider that in in the equation as well one of their losses is to a foreign four Texans team so not like they're world beaters right now. So, I mean, it's, it's a mix and it comes and goes. So I just, I think that you got to beat who who's in front of you. You absolutely do. You've got to, you got to win the game that you're in. And so, you know, the Steelers versus the Packers this week, you've got to win this game. Even if you're looking at two tough matchups on the horizon in Cleveland and Cincinnati, the next two weeks, you still got to play this game before you get to those games. So, don't give yourself any excuses. Just go out and win football games. And I think as fans, we're, we're so used to a, to wanting something pretty to watch that uh, we forget that at the end of the day, the stats can just be chucked out the window uh, As and the record is what matters. The record's what gets you into the playoffs, not whether you're the number one scoring offense. Yeah. 
It's a great point. That is a great point. Hey, what we always do is we always go over the injury report here. Now, remember, remember, folks, this is Friday, so we only have the first two days of injury reports to actually discuss. Steelers had some interesting moves, and I'm not even going to get into the Green Bay injury report. I don't feel like it's worth it this time. Mega Fitzpatrick hasn't practiced all week. I didn't think it was likely that he was going to play this week. I think that they're going to hope that he's ready for the two AFC North games after this. Uh, Alandon Roberts went from limited with a knee to did not practice Thursday. Montrevious Adams hasn't practiced yet with his ankle injury. And then Cam Hayward with a groin was limited on Wednesday and didn't practice on Thursday. Now people are going to see four DNPs on the injury report and think, Oh my gosh, like this is awful. Well, let's talk about this. We didn't necessarily think Minka was going to play Montrevious Adams. The ankle must be pretty bad. Armand Watts will probably fill in and Keanu Benton will have an increased role. The Cam Hayward and the Landon Roberts thing, right before we went on the air, I was looking at Twitter, read this to you. Uh, Dale Lawley of Steelers, he's a steel, Steelers.com. Mm-hmm. He said that the, the field was really soft today. He thinks, this is just his own opinion, that the Steelers might be holding these two guys, Landon Roberts and Cam Hayward, out just so that they don't have any reoccurring injuries. They don't need those snaps. They're two veterans. But Jeremy, other than those two guys, give me your thoughts on them. But obviously, what do you think about the injury report? Yeah, I... I go back to a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago when Deontay Johnson was coming back off of injury and he logs a full yep. practice um, on Wednesday and then is a total did not participate the next day. And we talked about how that could potentially be a good thing and is that they just are holding him out as to not overwork him as opposed to, oh, he got hurt in practice and, and is now limited. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm I'm assuming for Roberts and for – Hayward that this is this is more along the lines of what we're looking at here so uh, I'm like you though I don't expect Minka Fitzpatrick to play I don't expect Montrevious Adams to play I think you're going to have other guys step up into those roles but I think Cam Hayward is probably on the right track still Um, him specifically is the guy I'm looking at here uh, as to you know a good practice yesterday Um, now you've got him not participating rainy weather i'd expect him to be a full go on friday and not even appear on the uh injury designation uh by tomorrow's game status or today's game I, status excuse yeah me. no i i agree 100 and i know we haven't talked a lot about the packers and it's not that i'm discrediting this game but i haven't talked to you in two weeks and so i kind of wanted to get a feel for the team heading into yeah. this game but let's let's go into our prediction segment and we'll get to the packers game for sure and we'll talk about that there uh, hey, the game that everyone's going to be excited to watch, it sucks that they all play at 1 o'clock, so we're not going to get to see much of any of these games outside of highlights, but the Browns go to M&T Bank Stadium to play the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens beat the doors off the Browns earlier this year. It's their second of their two meetings. What do you think about this game? These teams usually split, which is is strange. Um, they they typically have a, a one good game apiece, but I, I just think Baltimore's playing – better football. I think that they are better coached. They have better, more established players on the offensive side of the ball. And so I just think that they're the better team. Now it's AFC North football. And and so I think of all the divisions in football, the, this division might be the most unpredictable week to week as to who's going to come out on top when they're playing each other, because it just, it's just so much familiarity and so much of a similar play style between these teams that it's really just who's going to have a good day and a bad day. So I'm not discounting the Browns' chances in this game. I just think Baltimore's better. I think it's going to be closer than the last time. The The Browns did not have Deshaun Watson the last time they played. 
So I'm going to give this um, a, a low-scoring, close game, two really good defense, maybe the two best defenses in football right now going against each other. I'm going to say something along the lines of 17-14 Ravens this week. I think the Ravens are going to beat the doors off the Browns again. <laughs> I don't know I what mean, it is. Possible. I, it really I mean, is. I think they're going to run it right down their throat. I think Lamar Jackson is really starting to turn into fun. Unless he gets hurt, which I am waiting for that to happen. I think it will. Uh, but I don't think it happens in this game. I can see the Ravens winning by two touchdowns. I, I seriously can. I, sure. I just, I'm not a believer in the Browns offense. Yeah, they, yeah. The defense is good. And they shut out a really bad Cardinals team. who didn't you know, really have a quarterback, but, this Ravens team is a different team. So I like the Ravens. Let me, in this let me ask you this question about yeah, this game real sure. quick. Who would you rather win the five and three Browns or the seven and two Ravens? Like, what are you rooting for here? Are you rooting for some distance at, between some teams and the Steelers already have a win over both of these squads or you want right, to tighten right. this whole thing up? What do you think? It, ultimately, I'd rather see the Browns win uh, yeah. that, to bring Baltimore back to the pack. But I just don't think it's going to happen. Sure. I, but if I sure. if I I'm not rooting for either of these teams. But uh, <laughs> if I had to pick one, like hey, if you had to choose the outcome, I would say the yeah. Ravens lose, bring them back to the pack. Let's go to a team that's red hot. That's the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. Uh, they're coming off of a big win on Sunday Night Football over the Buffalo Bills. They play the Texans, who are not an easy out, not in any way, shape, or form. Uh, they they're 500. They were coming off of a crazy win against Tampa Bay. Uh, Jeremy, how do you see this one going? This is in Cincinnati, by the way. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a prediction here, Jeff. Um, this is the 2023 Offensive Rookie of the Year in CJ Stroud, mm -hmm. making that prediction right now, facing off against the 2023 NFL MVP in Joe Burrow. Huh. And uh, it's gonna be a tough matchup, but I think the Bengals are the best team in the NFL right now. And I think they're going to win. Uh, and I think they're going to really establish themselves. They beat the Bills last week. They're, they're playing good football. They're going to establish themselves ahead of the Thursday night matchup but against Baltimore next week. Um, as if they beat Baltimore, then this is, this is your team in the AFC because nobody else looks as good on offense as the Bengals do right now. And I'm telling you, that defense is coming together, and they know how to keep people out of the end zone. They're going to be tough for the rest of the year. This is the best team in football right now, the Bengals, and they, they're they going to win this game. Yeah, I think the Bengals win this game. I, I don't know if Joe Burrow will be the MVP. He could. If they can t if they turn it around and he is the, the linchpin that we all think that he is, absolutely he could win the MVP. If the, if the Texans stand a chance, they got to come out swinging. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about this like a boxing match. You don't want to hang around with these guys. They're going to knock you out. So you've got to take your blows, like take your shots early, hope you connect, and we'll see. I don't think they have much of a chance here, on the road especially, but you never know in the NFL. It's been a wild and wacky season, so stranger things have happened. Let's get to the game everyone cares about. Pittsburgh, the line that I have in front of me is that the Steelers are giving three and a half. The total has been shifting around. I saw it yeah. at 37, then it went to 39. That's the line I have right now is at 39. It might have gone up even more. I don't know. Nonetheless, what do you think about this game? How do you see it playing out? What's your prediction for Steelers-Packers? Yeah, this is this is one of those games where I don't know whether to, to look at it as the potential trap game <laughs> before the Steelers head yeah. into bank, uh, Browns and Bengals in back-to-back -back weeks or 
is this part of the cycle that we've seen all year that you've really highlighted where you have bad game, good game, better game, bad game, good game, better game. This would this oh, would where have are the they potential in the cycle? to be where this are is, they in the this cycle? would be their better game. This would be their better is game because you're coming off of <laughs> loss to Jacksonville, a, a good the, game against yeah. the Titans. So this would typically be their better game in the cycle. Um, so we'll see if that plays out or not. But I, I just think that you do have a Steelers team rounding into form a little bit. Um, Jeff, uh, the one stat that blows my mind right now, and I I'm still haven't gone back far enough to see when the last time this has happened to the Steelers. Went all the ba- way back to 2004, and it hasn't happened since then but the Steelers are the 31st ranked defense in yards allowed this year 31st in yards allowed so again the same narrative is going to take place here probably the Packers going to put up some yards what do the Steelers do in the turnover battle what do they do in the red zone on defense and if they handle business there I think they can keep the score low for the Packers and I think they can win this game somewhere in the 23-17 I I picked a score 23-18 maybe something weird happens for for scoring in this game um i wouldn't be surprised though if this is the game where you see kenny pickett kind of put it all together for for one game and and maybe throw three touchdowns Uh, i've been throwing that out there about every week though just to see if it (laughs) hits but uh, i wouldn't be surprised if that happens in this game um yeah i wouldn't be surprised if the steelers win kind of going away but uh then again that's just not how they play ball so i'm gonna say 23 18 Steelers, uh, a, kind of a knuckleball game before the Steelers uh, go into some division play the next couple of weeks. I will say I noticed that Jaira Alexander is not practiced yet this week. That's a name I've been looking for. He's a really good player. I love watching this guy play. I'd love to see him on the Steelers, but he hasn't practiced. Yes. If he doesn't practice, if he doesn't play, that's going to be a very favorable matchup for both George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Whatever matchups they throw out there. I like the Steelers. Everyone's stunned. Everyone that's listening to this is taken aback. Oh my gosh, Jeff just picked the Steelers. Jeff is I have the, the Steelers. <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> uh, Steelers 28, Green Bay Packers 20. That's right. They're going to put up like four it. touchdowns, two passing, two running, 28 to 20. Chris Boswell's day is relegated to extra point duties. I hope that happens. So there you go. That's my prediction. We both like the Steelers. Now, Jeremy. Start Kenny Pickett in fantasy this week. Oh, is this your fantasy game of the week? This is not my fantasy game of the week. Uh, it's actually Bengals Texans, and we've talked okay. about that one enough to where I don't think I have to get into it too deep. You got two really good good offenses facing off against each other. Uh, two hot quarterbacks playing. Um, I I think the defenses will will come to play, but I I still think there's a lot of yards and points to go around in this game. Now T Higgins probably out this game. I think he was ruled out, but uh, that kind of narrows it down. Now you've got Jamar Chase. You've got You've got uh, Tyler Boyd, maybe a couple tight ends for the Bengals, but I still think that offense is a passing offense. They're going to put up points. That's my fantasy game of the week. But I, I, I would calculate Kenny Pickett into your maybe DFS uh, value uh, looks this week because it just feels like that type of game. An NFC opponent, lesser opponent, the offense kind of starting to click a little bit. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Kenny has a rushing touchdown in this game. It's been a while. He typically gets a couple of those uh, every few games. So I, I would say that he's got a shot to to maybe put up some fantasy points this week. He's definitely due. We'll put it that way. Yes. He's definitely due. Yes, All right. Why don't you plug what's coming up with the Q&A? It's going to be another early morning Q&A and yep. then also where they can find you on social media. 
yeah, we're going to be answering questions about the Packers game Saturday morning. Um, probably pretty early. I'm I'm turning thirty on Saturday. Ooh. I've got a bunch of family coming over, yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get that done and out of the way early. So look for that around eight a.m. Eastern time. That'll Jeez. be when that one's getting going. Uh, but if you miss it, you can always check it out later wherever you get your podcasts uh, on the Steel Curtain Network. Um, and then Steelers Fix, we've been uh, we had a fun episode last week where we uh, played a little game of either or. Not sure what we're going to talk about this week. A lot of that determined by the game, but we will see. We always try to do something fun, though. Um, and then if you like fantasy football, tune into that fantasy show I'm doing every Tuesday and Thursday on the yeah. FFSN NFL feed. It's a lot of fun to do if you like DFS or if you're just looking to uh, figure out who to add on waivers on a, on a Tuesday before Wednesday's waivers roll out. Check that show out. The Fantasy First Podcast only on the Fans First Sports Network. And you can follow him on Twitter at TheVets93. Jeremy, thanks for your time, man. We'll talk next week. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you much. Have a good one. All right, see you. All right, a big thank you from Jeremy. As always, it's great to talk to him again. Didn't get to talk to him last week like we talked about in that segment. But hey, the predictions, let's hope they all come to fruition. Let's finish this show with a heart-to-heart, like we always do. So as I mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, yeah, I I got out of jail. No, I was not arrested. No, I did not spend time in the clink. I was in Twitter jail. And the reason why I was in Twitter jail is all based around the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's based around someone in the ride-or-die crew. Jeff Coons, who is a ride-or-die crew member, he lives in not-mat Canada, and he... And I constantly communicate. I was trying to explain this to my wife, and she thought it was very sophomoric yet funny at the same time. And I'm explaining to her how we we literally speak to each other on Twitter in Mike Tomlin speak. So he will say, well, you know, you you have red paint. You paint the barn red. And I'll say, we're going to unleash hell in the second half of November. And little things like that. So we were doing that, and I said to Jeff, he spells his name incorrectly, but I said to Jeff, cut your eyelids off. We don't blink. And Twitter flagged that and said it was abusive and threatening language. And my account was suspended for 12 hours. So for 12 hours, I couldn't like, repost, or retweet, whatever you want to call it. I couldn't tweet anything. I could only use direct message for those the people that I follow. Like, that was it. I couldn't do anything, which it's fine. It was overnight, so it's not like I missed anything. But my gosh, Mike Tomlin, I even had to send them an email and said, look, Mike Tomlin said this. I didn't threaten anyone. I didn't tell anyone to cut their eyelids off. No one in their right mind does that. I know that Mike Tomlin did it. Still, you get my point. I'm out. I'm out of the clink. So follow me on Twitter (laughs) at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Hey, I want to give a big thank you before we end the show to any of my Ride or Die crew members who are big golf fans and have found my Fairways and Dreams podcast. was really happy with the result in the first week. And we have two shows coming up next week. I just got done interviewing a guy who you don't know. And he is in qualifying school. So he's trying to get his PGA Tour card. Fantastic interview. Make sure you're on the lookout. If you want to find it, anywhere you get your podcast, type in fairways. And then not and, A-N-D, the and symbol, fairways and dreams. Look it up. Really proud of that podcast. It's kind of a labor of love for me, just like this podcast is. So you checked it out. Thank you very much. All right, that does it for me. You know we finished out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. I'll see you on the post-game show. Go Steelers, beat the pack.